0: All right, so uh, the product of a paper mill. A uh, standout
1: Ferrari salesman.
0: And a uh, reasonable wingman to Felipe Nasser. Luis Felipe, quotation marks, Pipo end quotation marks, Durrani. If you could describe this dinner we just had in one word, what would it be? I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> that is beyond relevant. Yeah, yeah, he's like, don't give yep, a Yep. I'm yep. yep. not going to listen to your instructions. Yeah, I'm never going to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> And now for dinner with racers, presented by Continental Tire with your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. I'm a driver.
1: Welcome to another episode of Dinner with Racers. I'm Ryan Eversley.
0: I'm Sean Heckman.
1: And we are currently headed to Atlanta, my hometown. So I can drop you off at the airport. You can go back to Los Angeles. Yep. But we are leaving the Grand Motoring Film Festival today where we celebrated one of our episodes from our Motor Trend show. Yes, we have a show on Motor Trend, but this is a podcast today. And one of the guests that we've been wanting to have for a while, just ask a bunch of questions that we all kind of want to know the answer to is Pippo Durrani. Pippo Durrani? You mean the current GTP ace? Now, obviously, our fan base is very heavily based on sports car racing. So the name Pippo Durrani should be pretty easy to recognize. However, we're sitting here in November, He is now the GTP champion.
0: Now, if you're an IMSA fan, you obviously know who Pipo Durrani is. But if you're not necessarily a sports car oriented, just a couple of background points on Pipo. He's definitely one of the most talked about drivers in IMSA. He is this year's uh, uh, GTP champion. He's won a previous championship in the DPI category. He's won a ton of stuff including Daytona and Sebring and a bunch of other races. And growing up in Brazil, he did go up through the uh, traditional open wheel ranks, and he's had a lot of success in different categories. So he's he's very much had sort of that that normal route you hear from somebody that would be from Brazil, uh, but to then go on to be one of the best and, and definitely most talked about drivers in, in top-level prototype racing. But this all happened in uh, old Miami, Florida. You've been there before, right, Ryan? I've spent a few times there. And you know what we should talk about next? <laughs> Should we talk about Moloko Miami?
1: Oh man, if I uh, <laughs> if I can ever uh, recommend a place in Miami to go eat, yeah, uh, it's not there. Oh, it's not Moloko Miami. No, it's not. Okay, so yeah. let's, uh, let's
0: let's let's sidebar. Let's, let's let's deep dive into this a little bit. Yeah, the food was fine. Yeah, it was People's good. choice of going there made sense. Yeah, because when you look at the ambiance oh, and you have the food, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So not yeah. not at all a bad choice yeah. for people. Our waiter. Yeah. Was excellent. Yeah, he, he was. He fine. was with us. He so, was there. We were like, okay, he gets it. Now we have. We're saying this because the waiter had control of the very specific speakers <laughs> in our section of the restaurant. Right. And I want to reemphasize: the speakers in our side of the restaurant were independently controlled. Yes. From other speakers in the restaurant. That's yes, right. So let's say if we, I don't know, ask for the volume to be down in our section, it wouldn't affect the guest experience right. for anybody else. Right. And Ryan, do you remember there being any guests near no, us? No, I don't. No, and because the there entire weren't. time. Yeah. So there were no guests around yeah. us. We had speakers that were independently controlled and a waiter who's like, yeah, no problem. We can turn that down. Yeah, yeah, not a big deal. Yeah. And and
1: just to, to kind of a little more detail, that we're on South Beach, and no one wants to eat inside on a nice night in South Beach. So almost every restaurant has like a patio or like a slightly covered thing. So we are sitting inside in a non-popular place to sit because it's not cool. You're not being seen out there. So again, not a lot of people around us. No reason for the music directly above us to be piercingly loud.
0: Yep. And yet the manager, <laughs> after the waiter, on his own volition, would turn it down for us, the manager would turn the music up. Yeah. Seeing us. Yes. And being like, no. Yeah. And then we'd kind of look at the waiter. He'd look back at us. He'd turn the music down. Yeah. The waiter was back with
1: us again. He was great. And then the manager would come in and turn it back up and then he'd come over to us and he'd have to like try to try to convince us yeah that we were wrong right <laughs> He's like no no it has to be loud we're like does it no there's no one in here he's like yeah no it's yeah uh, i it just can't do anything about it and it's like you can you just don't want to so don't worry about it because this person's probably
0: dead now from a drug overdose i'm guessing yeah, yeah, yeah. not people's fault no just to be clear no just to be clear all right so what are we going to talk about <laughs> so so it, it doesn't matter you won't hear it <laughs> And just just so we know, if this episode disappears in the next couple days, just know it's because of the copyright strikes that it probably gets, which was out of our control, thanks to the manager at Maloco, Miami.
1: You know who else I want to say thanks to? Huh. Continental Tire.
0: Continental Tire. The, uh... You got this. When Where the light strikes first. No! No! What is it? It's not the dumb choice in tires. It's the smart choice in tires. There it is. You know what's not smart? Is that, My it, ability to remember taglines Yeah, mean I, I, I wish this was a bit, but it's not. It's not. <laughs> smart choice in tires. I'll get it right on the next one. <laughs> hey, Sebastian, how do you feel about driving people? You guys like the chicken sandwich, but everybody likes the sea bass. All right, Pippo to Ronnie. People. All right, we're gonna start in five, four, three,
1: two. The host or the manager came by and he didn't really seem to like what we were doing, and so I'm gonna keep my laptop down here because he was like, "Are there any lights?" And I was like, "No, not really." And he's like, "We don't like lights." I was like,
0: "I get it, I get yeah, it. You we're know? just doing a thing." But he's
1: from Paris. And so I, because I, I could tell you an accent, so I was just trying to like kiss his ass a little bit. I was like, "So, where are you from?" And he said, uh, "Paris." I was like, "Oh, we did one of these with Sebastian Bourdais yesterday. He won Le Mans." He's like, "Yeah, I don't think he got a clue." Yeah, I don't. But think I he was like, it. "He's a French race car driver," and he's like, oh, "Okay." So I tried. Yeah,
2: a Frenchman at, at uh, Miami is probably not. Yeah, f- yeah, it's probably a
1: fake
0: French. <laughs> yeah,
1: it makes it a real episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. This isn't your fault. Okay. Uh, we called. We explained to them what we were doing. They said no problem. Like they were really nice. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that's only what we do is we yeah. call two three days ahead, and uh, every now and then you run into some place that's. Yeah. Not sure what to do with you, right? And this is one well. Of also, them.
1: this is this is South Beach. See, that's fine, right there. That's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah and, so. and it's Friday, so I guess it's yeah. That's oh shit! Yeah, it. did we, yeah. we forget yeah. day of the week it is. Yeah. Yeah. Let's set the scene. We are in South Beach, technically, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah this is South Beach. Yeah. South Beach. You live. Pretty much walking distance from here. Yep. And uh, this is a very kick-ass restaurant. It looks beautiful. So I'm sure it's a scene. And the guy that hosts it, who's from Paris apparently, he wants people to come in and enjoy themselves. So I get it. I get
0: what he's trying to do. Not be bothered by a silly podcast. By a couple podcast, idiots, yeah. Yeah. And sports car racing. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. So, so is, is this your spot? Is this where, where no, you live? To be honest, yeah.
2: um, I live really close by, but... Yeah. I've never been here apart from the very first time last week, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and as yeah, you can see, yeah. it's um, there's a few trees around, so I yeah. never actually paid attention yeah. to it, and then one day, my wife and I were like, oh, should we try something different, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's yeah. go to yeah. that yeah. place that we yeah. never actually got to see inside, and sure. then we came here, and it, we sat outside, and it was okay. quite nice. Yeah, yeah, no, I can see here,
1: how it sounds, right? Here, and, um, here comes, here
2: yeah,
1: it comes. Here we go. He, yeah. Okay, so so you have a three-month-old at home.
2: I have a three month and and a half. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Is, is is it Mariana? My,
2: Marina is my wife, Mar- okay, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. my
1: my daughter is uh, Lorena. Okay. So Marina, is she having to eat like super s- specific way to because the baby and breastfeeding and all that, or is she just like give me the fries?
2: No, she. Uh, was, so in the beginning was, the little one was suffering a little bit. She has reflux, and okay. so it's a little tough. Yeah. And then we went to the doctor and the doctor said well so try and, you know, control your diet a little right, bit and right. she's already very healthy. Sure, sure. So she started to go even healthier and then it got to a little point where she's like okay, maybe, you know, let's just see how it goes. Yeah.
1: And yeah, because it, it's very difficult oh, for I'm the women. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Now are you sensitive to that and eating appropriately or are you like, well, this burger I got <laughs> is fantastic? To be honest, I uh, I kind of
2: I kind of enjoy that she's um that she's very healthy in the beginning of our relationship to yeah. be honest with you I was the one that was always like pushing let's go to the gym yeah. let's do this let's do that yeah, and yeah. Uh, and she was always like yeah whatever let's <laughs> just let's just eat whatever we want Yeah. And, and then throughout the years she is now healthier than I am so I'm happy that uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that I have her at home that I can follow now her go uh, on the other way yeah, yeah. the other way Yeah.
0: nice copy so why South Beach?
2: Well, it's uh, it's actually a good question. Um when we decided to move to Florida, yeah. We um well, not to Florida to to the United States. We um we were considering many things, right? Moving from Brazil, family and and having support in Brazil and and I wanted to go to a place where we wouldn't feel that the change would be massive. And so my father used to have a place here many years ago and I used to come frequently to Miami, so we thought that it would be closer to home, not only in the sense of you know the flight being short and shor- shorter, but also knowing where to go, knowing a few people here, so we decided Miami. And initially we, we went to Brickell. Um, at the time was uh, a place where my father didn't have an apartment here anymore, and so we went to Brickell, I rented a place there. It was very convenient as well to go to the airport. And um, and so eventually we said okay well now after a couple of years renting let's just uh, do another step and so I ended up buying it, renovating it, all that process. No, the place here, the place here, yeah. So then we we wanted a place where it would still be very easy for airport, uh, but we wanted something a bit more central that would allow us to go either north or south or you know beach or the other way and and so we found this little this little place here which is considered south beach but at the same time it's not really inside of the
1: crazy south beach you know how long had you and marina been together before you moved over here
2: oh we've been together since um, early 2011 okay so it's been yeah a, it's been a long yeah, time for already, sure right? for sure 12 years yeah and and uh, married since 2016 so yeah. yeah yeah i guess by the time i decided to move she was already you know long yeah she's in yeah at that point yeah Yeah, right
1: right how'd you guys meet
2: we met actually i went for a new year's eve um at the beach where her parents live in brazil at the coast of brazil in an island called ilha Bela, which is it means beautiful island it's quite a big island on the coast of sao paulo it has over thirty-five thousand people living there and and her father sails and so i had i went with a friend and this one friend had another friend who was hosting a party just before New Year's Eve. He said, "Let's go to this friend's house." And then I get there, and Marina is—it uh, was a bit late already. She was already asleep on the sofa, <laughs> and there's music yeah. and going on. As we walk in, the friend of my friend says, "That's that's Marina. Um, she's a little crazy. She's <laughs> she's a fun one. Yeah. You'll meet her soon." Then all of a sudden, within like five, ten seconds from walking into the house the music shuts down someone just unplugs the and she screams who the hell turned <laughs> off the music <laughs> and then and then this one guy said see this is this is uh, this is the one and then we end up meeting and, uh, and from that moment on was uh, so we've been together ever since so which is a fun story and now with the little one part of the family yeah. so
1: was she uh, aware of motorsports at all
2: she was, uh, she was not, to be yeah, honest. It yeah. was everything new from, from the beginning. You know, at the time I was still in Formula Three in Europe, and um, having to take her all the way to to London and 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 to the UK for a few trips, as she was doing, she was doing university in Brazil. So she was flying over every, more or less every two weekends, and getting to experience the racing and and all that. Uh, from the very beginning. Yeah.
1: So it wasn't as if she already understood the lifestyle or knew what it was about. She's had to learn about it.
2: I think what what was more shocking to her is that when you talk about motorsport, for someone who's never been to it, they they obviously just think Formula One and, and the glamorous life that that, that entails. Women right?
1: everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Women everywhere. Yeah. And yeah. from the
2: very beginning, I told her, I said, look, it's, you know, I race, but don't think it's like... Don't think it's uh, you. You being there, you're gonna enjoy. I'm pretty sure that it's gonna be hard for you to be just around. And so, of course, in the beginning, everything is new, and she she kind of enjoyed being there with me. But you know, after a year or two of doing that, she's like, "Yeah, but you guys go to really bad hotels."
1: <laughs> <laughs> so she didn't love Mid Ohio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah well, I, by the by, the
2: time I got to do Mid Ohio, yeah. she was smart enough not yeah, to go. Yeah, like,
1: I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. So, do you have like a Brazilian crew that you hang out with down here? To be
2: honest, I have a few friends that yeah. um, that happen to be Brazilian and yeah. people I know for many, many years. Yeah, and they're now living here as well. Some of them have been living here even before I was here. Um, we don't have like a huge community, despite having knowing that there's a lot of Brazilians here in in Miami. We're a bit more, let's say, reserved in that in that regard. But uh, yeah, we have a few friends one that one that quite often comes to my races as well so he's a a nice guy i don't know if you've seen already but uh we've done some barbecue at the at at the racetrack and so this one friend lives lives in brickle and he's he's crazy about barbecue and motorhomes and so i got
1: absolutely yeah the
2: last few years where the team was always renting an rv for um daytona and, and 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 the big races um for the first two years I was a bit unlucky with the RV, so I go in, and it's very dirty, and and, and <laughs> I kept... It's Daytona's finest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I yeah. kept asking myself, what can I do to, Im- to improve this situation? And so this friend of mine, he has his own RV, and and he was always asking me, can you find me a spot for uh, I for sure Daytona? can. Yeah. I sure can. You just come in, bring the meat, mm-hmm. and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and then sure thing. I put him in touch with uh, with the team, so now he deals straight with the team. it's, yeah. it's perfect. Nice. I stay with, I stay in his RV every year, and uh, nice. so he gets okay. a
0: better spot. You get a better RV, and you get meat. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, not it's, yeah. It's, it's not a bad deal. It's a great deal. It's <laughs> a great deal. Yeah. So Action Express has a lot of roots in NASCAR, so you need to call him your coach driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. your driver. He drives the bus. Yeah, exactly. Your bus yeah. Yeah. So now you're a full NASCAR guy.
2: Yeah, I'm yeah. a full NASCAR guy, coach. Okay. And if we can add something else to it, yeah, uh, barbecue or yeah, something. Yeah, man, sure. Yeah. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah.
0: What's his name? Is Brenner. Brenner. Yeah. Okay. So He's if we right. see Brenner around, can we be in your crew now to get some? Of course, we can. The thing he likes the most yeah.
2: is to invite people so that people say, "Man, you cook really well." Oh yeah, We yeah, yeah. We eat yeah, really yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: What's his specialty?
2: Well. I'll keep that to him, but we normally he normally does the, the typical Brazilian barbecue where oh, okay, yeah. he slices the meat and then cooks slowly. <laughs> and so if,
0: if we walk in with our own shaker that has like a red and a green bottom, yeah, like a can thing. we just walk in and just do this yeah. and get it's,
2: served? It's a little bit different. Okay. I okay. mean, it's not like going to a Brazilian churrascaria where uh-huh. you just yeah. say yes or no, but... Okay. Because he's on his own, he's cooking very slow. So he, okay. yeah. so he cooks like a piece of meat. Right. Slice it, yeah. then comes and, and gives to everyone. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. and then does it all over again. So it's a, it's like a ritual, you know. Sure, it's, from, sure. okay. it, yeah. it's very slow
0: and. So there's like this whole cut. We've 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 met up with some other Brazilians that are in this general Miami area. Uh, there's like a whole bunch of like old IndyCar guys and whatnot. That like they all go cycling together and whatnot. But it sounds like your Brazilian crew here is not. Race car drivers—it's just Brazilians that you know. Yeah,
2: to be honest, I don't. For some reason, I don't seem like I have many friends that come from the racetrack. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get into uh, that. um, uh,
1: (laughs) Did you say that uh, knowing that they would bring up more questions?
2: Uh, No, not really. It just happened to be over the over the years, and some for some reason, I've like I said, I'm a little reserved on that Mm -hmm. side. So I, I keep I keep work in one side and 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 it's kind of just
0: a nice escape to have friends here that aren't going to talk about racing all the time yeah yeah
2: i think so yeah. yeah i think i think race racing can um can be very demanding and it's very easy for us to live our lives just thinking and speaking about that one little world and there's so much more about race about life that it's it's not only racing so i try to be I try to be out of the racetrack when i can especially the last few i would say couple of years but even more so from the moment my my wife got pregnant just trying to enjoy a different side of life and um and yeah but over my entire career i wasn't someone that actually hang around the racetrack and and with other race drivers i've never just ne- never happened for whatever reason so
1: I didn't know anything about your uh, your your family background until we just you know decided we were gonna do this and do some research. So I had no idea your dad raced, your brother raced. Um, I didn't know that your your dad was involved to the level he was in motorsports. So, what did he do for a living? And you mentioned he had a he had a place here. Was that one of the only like those are places in other countries, or was it like he liked coming here and that's why you did too?
2: No, he liked he liked coming here. He had a place here but many many years ago even before we got involved in motorsport we used to own a company uh, that did paper so um printing paper and and cellulose in brazil
1: in south america it was dunder mifflin sorry it was dunder mifflin sorry i
0: didn't, oh, I didn't. No, dunder mifflin's a famous company oh no in, no uh, it was in, it Cran- was in scranton pennsylvania
2: yeah, yeah. No. no sorry no it no, wasn't okay. it wasn't so yeah company was sold many many years ago um, and because of that, eventually I got lucky that I had a family who was able to support my career up uh, until a certain point. Um, and so, yeah, I was uh, the first one of the family to get involved with motorsports and go-kart. But very, very soon after that, my father, at the time he was in a, let's say, a privileged uh, financial situation, he um, he started to get involved and, and, and started to love motorsport. His passion was soccer back in back in the day and then and then all of a sudden now he goes into um, they had the Trofeo Maserati in Brazil that was um, there was a single make series, um, he got involved in that, did a few races and started to get more and more involved in motorsport, um, I think it bit him and uh, he got the virus, yeah it happens and so not very long after that he decided to um, be- become <coughs> excuse me, become a partner with uh, Stefan Rattel and he took the SRO GT3 championship back down to Brazil, which was quite successful for a few years. But it's just, um, it was really hard to compete with the uh, Brazilian stock car at the time. Oh yeah, a, lot of a big of, deal down uh, there,
3: yeah.
2: And so eventually uh, we, uh, my father started to uh, get a little bit out of the, uh, of the motorsport world.
0: So, it was, so he wasn't a lifelong race fan. This started because of you.
2: Yeah, Exactly, he started because of me. Yeah, yes.
1: most kids that have parents that are involved in motorsports <laughs> That it goes the other direction so it's yeah. kind of unique in your sense that he followed in your footsteps
2: <laughs> yeah it was uh, it was quite interesting i think i think in motorsport a lot of it is is the dream of the father yeah. right it's, yeah. it's i want my right. my kid i couldn't to do become. it so i'll live vicariously exactly yeah. and yeah. i think with me that the nice thing was that because it was the opposite there then there was never the pressure sure for me to do it yep and I think that's eventually why, in the end, I was able to succeed in a way, because I was doing it because I wanted want to. to do it, yeah. not, not yeah.
1: because, yeah. So. so if it wasn't his thing, where did you get the interest from?
2: I'm not, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I just remember someone took me to a, to a rental go-kart track for, for a weekend. And I remember getting there, and because I was so little, there was this little um, kids, kids track which was very very small and um, and I remember doing one race the very first race with another another boy another kid and he kicked my ass <laughs> and
1: uh, was it Nasser no I wasn't no, no, yeah. no. No, that, that came a little bit <laughs> later down the, down the road <laughs>
2: and um, and so and so I remember getting out of that race and asking whoever was there I think it was my father and I said can I go again can I go again and my father was at the time saying look you're not you're not opening before you enter the corner you're just going straight and turning and then look at what he was doing he was and so i kept insisting to go again and somehow we convinced the other boy to to go again and then i beat him the second time and i think that was the moment where i was you know uh, in in love with uh with not even the Motorsport in particular, but uh, with the competition, yeah. And so that's how I started. Then I get to ask myself again to go again the other weekend. And then when I realized I was a, a bit more into it, yeah. than professional go-karts and so on.
1: Yeah. the It's interesting to meet guys like yourself, Andy Lally is a perfect example. Of this He doesn't know anything about cars. He just wants to beat other people at what he does. So I'm always interested to hear how they motivate themselves and things like that. You know, because I could be happy... And a two car race, as long as I get to drive something I really like and I can get the most out of it. Like we talked to Bourdais last night, and that was one of the things for him, is him versus the machine is his competition, you know. But it sounds like you want to beat the other person that you see at the event.
2: I think, I think it's, there's different points as well in your career, right? Some, some moments, it's, there's always something that motivates you, and I don't think it has to be one thing in particular for throughout your career 20 years.
0: Do you always have to have a rival? Like, um, I, this is the guy I have to beat. No, I, to, yeah.
2: no yeah. I like beating everybody. Everybody <laughs> I know, I yeah. everyone does. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, no, I don't I don't I don't have to have a rival in particular, but I, I, I like to have a goal. Whether that's uh, that's, uh, that's someone or or achieving something that would mean beating someone else, then then that's that's how I go.
0: All right, I want to go back to your dad for a second, uh, because you you, you hit on something that's really, really interesting. So he didn't find an interest in racing until you started racing go-karts. Yeah. And he was like, I want to try this. I'm assuming the Maserati or series would be very similar to the US-like. They have But in today's terms, it'd be Ferrari Challenge or Super Trophay or something like that, right? It's it's a spec high-end car. Yeah, exactly. Um, Did he go straight into that, or did he try schools or anything?
2: No, he did. Uh, in Brazil, well, I, I guess every, anywhere in the world, he did a little course to get his license. Right,
0: and then straight yeah. to Maserati. Straight to Maserati. But okay.
2: No, but that, in, in Brazil, it was more for gen- gentleman drivers. Sure, which
0: which is very much like yeah. Trofeo or Ferrari like Challenge a, today. Yeah,
2: like a GT3 Cup
0: yeah, exactly. B-Class exactly. or something. But it was um,
2: more for...
3: Um, it's made for that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and he did a couple of years and then immediately decided to try and do... A Brazilian GT3 series, like an SRO thing. No,
2: I think he did a little bit more than a couple of years, but I I remember my father was always, he was a dreamer. I see. And, Is and he a very
0: confident guy?
2: I'm, I wouldn't say he was confident, but he dreamed high. Okay. And, um, <laughs> and he, I, mean, I hear what you're doing. And, I know. And, and he had a great heart as well, and he trusted people that perhaps he shouldn't have trusted. So.
0: Okay. Is that from because racing is kind of toxic? I think racing... Yeah, I would yeah. say toxic
2: is a, it's a good word. I yeah, like
0: it gets into you, and all of a sudden, like you want more than than where you're at. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's
2: very easy to be persuaded by people. You know, yeah. it's not a very straightforward right. world in terms of uh, honesty. Right. And Whereas
0: with Thunder Mifflin, his paper company, uh, he could make sensible decisions because it's paper. It's not sexy. Race cars changes everything.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. I think back. I mean when we talk about the paper company it was also it was it was big and there's a lot of people to make decisions there's a board there's there's and so things are not just decisions are not made emotionally they're made more
1: you rationally know, rationally yeah, 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 and, yeah. and
2: and with my father i think once he he loved they started to love motorsport it was very easy for some individuals to manipulate and convince him to do a championship
0: which as in to start a new championship. Exactly. Yeah.
2: And and so it wasn't something easy, you know, Brazil being being an economy of like a third world country in terms of, you know, we have a lot of yeah. wealth in Brazil but right. at the but same it's a time huge disparity. Exactly. Yeah. At the same time for you to start something like that you need a big investment. And so he did that initially and, and it wasn't financially wasn't good for him. Um but he did it all through his heart and passion and trusting people, and so it was a fantastic idea. Um, the championship, for the years that it was uh, alive, it was amazing. You know, especially for the for the gentlemen that were um, that they wanted to race but didn't have a place to race apart from the Trofeo Maserati, which quickly died.
0: So it's either Trofeo Maserati or Brazilian stock cars.
2: Yeah, but Brazilian stock cars, it's uh,
0: professional. That's what I'm saying. Is like that's a top series. So like yeah, exactly. there was. Yeah, there was no SRO GT3-style racing no, there in was that no, part of the, that, of the world. That's so. what he
2: did. He, he right. brought SRO Latin America, which was his partnership with uh, Stefan Rattel in Brazil. And so um, it was all done through my father. And so it was, was a, a very nice few years for Brazilian motorsport. Um, my father, when he passed away, um, it was nice to see that even though the championship had stopped for a few years already, people from the motorsport industry was you know, very sad
1: about his passing and... Yeah. and the SRO put out a nice thing talking yeah. about his involvement and what he had done for exactly. the sport, It's really cool. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: all three of us have been in the sport for a while, so I think sometimes we're very well aware of people and what their intentions are, but sometimes when you're new to the sport, it's very easy for somebody to see an opportunity with you and, and try to take advantage of it. Was it one of those kind of scenarios? where he was new so maybe he wasn't as in tune with people that are that are that have different intention or how things can go bad
2: no i think and to be honest i think what happened was he should have never done it on his own what what he sure. did that the investment was all on his own initially and so he when i say he was a dreamer was that he he dreamed so big that he went purchased the car paid for primary sponsorship for the For everything to work because in the end it's a a company you know SRO Latin America it's it's a company was a company and so he took care of the expenses for the beginning in the expectation of landing a massive uh, or a big sponsorship for the series which he did but at that time was already too late
1: yeah yeah
2: and so and so really he shouldn't have done it on his own and so that's when I say he was a dreamer was that he 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 went with his heart instead of his
0: um, kind of the business sense. That, exactly. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, exactly.
2: And, and, so, but I guess that's, um, that's why we all love motorsport. You know, we are all in it because more because of our heart than, than anything else. And yeah. the money,
1: yeah, and obviously the money. the money, of course the money, right, Sean? Yeah. Yeah. As a consequence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm wealthy. What is a <laughs>
0: <laughs> So at least according to your online resume, you did a bunch of carding, Growing up, but if I read it right, you when the time came to move to Single seaters, it was straight to Europe. Yeah, like you didn't do Brazilian Formula Renault, Brazilian F3. You didn't drive for Uncle Amir Nasser uh, Like you, you went straight to the Europe stuff. Was that yeah, a, was uh, that a decision on your end?
2: I think I think it's it's a decision that no, it's more natural for Brazilians because Formula One is so embedded in the in culture. The
0: European stuff, sure.
2: And, so uh, always F1 for you. Yeah, the the beginning yes was always F1. But as usual, we made a few mistakes with some of our choices, team choices that prevented, I think, myself having a bigger step when it actually counted. Right, right. But that's part of uh, motorsport, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You live and learn, especially because in my case. We weren't like a motorsport family. We were basically beginning in this business. And did you have
0: some sort of guidance or agent or any that kind of stuff? I had
2: an agent, but but he was actually thinking more of himself than he was thinking of me. In racing?
0: You're saying there was, I've now heard two different stories of somebody up to no good in racing. Yeah. That's well, crazy. That's two more than I and ever heard. And the open wheel side of things? Yeah, yeah weird. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I want to go back a few steps because we've heard, you know, we've had a, a bunch of people who've had different stories on single seaters in Europe, but um, like Sebastian, for example, last night, I mean, he was part of a semi program and had Renault ties and stuff like that. You went in as just somebody with funding, correct? when you first went to like Formula Renault and N F three?
2: Yeah, no, I had I, I was lucky that the family could support me for right, right. for the beginning, for the first few years. But yeah.
0: you weren't part of a junior program, you weren't part of you weren't a no, Red I Bull wasn't. kid or anything like that. So how was that experience of somebody who's just and and I think you'll understand where I'm coming from. You know, teams in Formula Renault or, or whatever Formula Three, they might see you as they don't need to keep Red Bull happy to have you, they can just take your money. How was how that shopping around experience when you're a, a teenage kid who with you know no experience in Europe and maybe a manager but you have to trust him and you don't necessarily know where all this coming from like what was the experience doing that because you said you made some mistakes doing that when you started yeah
2: so so that's that's a really good question because really that was the big mistake that we've we've made it was not knowing and trusting someone that we thought would actually take care of our own interest and and really what happened was that the team that i joined at the time had another junior in the program and um and it's funny because it happened to be in at the time right so and, and, this was and, your so
0: this was your f3 season 2010 yeah,
2: that was 2010 yeah. the german the first time i went to formula three i was i was a little bit young for formula three i think physically i wasn't quite ready but i had the speed in testing and I remember, I remember getting to the last test before the beginning of the season. And I was a little bit quicker than Kevin. And throughout the whole winter testing, it was either him or me. There was other drivers in the, in the team. And, and him and me, we were the two more or less quickest ones on, on the average. And so we got to this last test, and I was just a tiny bit quicker than him. And I remember going to the team owner... And, uh, and asking if I could see the data. And he's like, yeah, but what time did you do? And I, when I mentioned to him, he, he opened his eyes. And he didn't even know after a full day of testing that I had been quicker than Kevin. Okay. He was just focused on
0: Kevin. Because he was on focused Kevin. on Kevin. Right. Yeah. Because Kevin's already attached to some big names and programs like yeah. this. right? And,
2: and whether whether he had yeah. any interest in Kevin himself or not, I, I don't know. But Kevin was already part of the McLaren program. And so that was on a Tuesday. That was before the season started on Friday, Saturday, and so by the time we got to Friday, first qualifying, I qualified P16, and Kevin qualified P3 or P2, and so and so that was like that for the full the full year, entire year. I had a contract, couldn't get out of the contract. You had to pay to be, in a way, held back on purpose, and so for the man for the mentality of uh, of a young kid. Yeah burns you that was really tough for me to get out of it after that and recover and and
0: yeah and how was your English at this time
2: my English was was good but um, but the issue was the biggest issue was for me to actually believe that it wasn't myself
0: that there were forces against you that had nothing to do with the driver
2: and funny enough after I guess I don't know maybe ten years the engineer that was on my car I met him in America while I was already racing for patrona he's like man I'm so sorry for what they did to you and the crazy thing about it is that they really don't care that sometimes there's a family who's putting all they can into in, into that one dream and they they don't they don't give a damn that you might not make it and you might spend X amount of dollars for for nothing. So that's really And and that's kind of
0: where I was going with this is I mean we see this a little bit in American open wheels, but I mean a lot of the F three or F two teams now they're attached to Red Bull. They're attached to Mercedes or McLaren. So the guy that they put or girl that they put in that car is that's the one they've got because they want to keep that McLaren program as part of their feeder system. So you might be writing the same check. You might even be supplementing some of their stuff but the the best mechanic that's been with the team for 10 years, like at that level, there's only a couple of mechanics per car and engineering is much more limited. So, you are you know, at the end of the day, when it comes down to that small number of people, it comes down to who's got the better people. And so they might put those people on the car that's got the attachment to the bigger program. Yeah.
2: yeah. And like you said, it, it not only that, but it's really a shame that they actually just put the effort on, on that one car, because if you think about it, just as you mentioned, they. It's almost like a 15, 20-year contract that they have with, uh, with Red Bull right. and McLaren. and so that's because way that's... more
0: important than some kid with money. Exactly, because,
2: yeah. I mean, it's going to come every year. They know that every year Red Bull is going to bring someone new, and so
0: Red Bull or whoever exactly. is and supporting them. that also. kid's on a program to get to F1, which means they can always say Kevin Magnussen drove for us, whereas you're coming in, you know, maybe some karting, but it's not like you're some world karting champion or anything like that. Uh, so for their sake, you're replaceable. Because exactly. they'll just find another kid with money. Yeah, and I think so, I think yeah.
2: what um, what we should have done, had we known, yeah, is go to a team that there's no one.
0: Yeah, that doesn't it, have a McLaren exactly. or a Mercedes. Even yeah. if
2: it's a little bit worse of a team, but if you can ma- show some a little bit of uh, right. a little yeah. bit of uh, talent in one or another race that you might be picked up by a big one, by a big team or or Red Bull program, then I think that's really the best the best way to do it because. Sometimes you think you're going to the best team and you might be going to the best team, but you might not have right. the best.
0: You're not getting the best you're team. You're
2: not though. getting the yeah. best team. So yeah. so it's really it's really difficult sport in that in that regard because it's it's very expensive. It's an elite sport. You know, very very few that don't actually have money make it to professional. It's one in a million, I would say. And so and so because of that reason, making sure that you don't make mistakes in the beginning is the big...
0: To keep your value up. Were yeah, there, Exactly. What were the signs that, that somebody like Magnuson was getting the priority?
2: Man, I was just sometimes 1.8 seconds slower than him.
0: Right. and yeah. you don't, That's just you. That, You're starting to yeah. drive suddenly. And so
2: I, I'm, <laughs> I don't think... I'm not going to say I'm quicker than him, but I'm not 1.8 seconds. <laughs> sure. Yeah, not You're not 1.8
1: seconds off anybody Yeah, on the yeah. planet. Yeah, no one is. Maybe you or someone. Well, Sean's you know, really fast, so that's yeah, fair. How dare you? Yeah, no. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, like nobody at that level is one point eight off. It, you know, so it, you have exactly, to look and go exactly. like, okay, like. And
2: I remember, like, they used to pull the data up and say, "Man, you—I mean, you're holding the brake a little bit too much, and your minimum speed it's, And I was 15 at the time, and I'm thinking, "Man, do you? Th- maybe I'm driving slow." Yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now just looking back, You'd be like maybe t- just an extra 20 kilos <laughs> in the car. Exactly, yeah, made, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but do you
0: think that came down to they just didn't put people and resources into your car? Or did no, you I, I honestly
2: think that uh, first they didn't pay attention in the, the die was actually as quick as Kevin. When they realized for whatever reason or because I went to the team owner and I requ- requested to see the data and, and so on, or I was already feeling that they wouldn't pay attention, so I went there and knocked and said, Hey, you know, I actually was quicker than Kevin. And for whatever reason, I think they felt threatened that maybe they would have lost the support that they. Oh,
0: so if the kid with funding beats yeah. the McLaren guy, McLaren may not stay there.
2: But Maybe, because it or was it they was, get their attitude.
0: The, the yeah. funny
2: thing was that it wasn't something that gradually. Not that that he, was Ron
0: Dennis' days, too oh wow
2: yeah so so the funny thing was that it wasn't something gradually throughout the the year where I was would constantly lose to Kevin it was Tuesday as quick as Kevin Friday 1.8 seconds
0: maybe you just forgot how to drive
2: and so to recover from that we went to British F3 then I want to go to a team where there's no one that I feel that I'm at least giving the same treatment but then
1: we went to a really bad team. Like, yeah, the, the, the flip <laughs> yeah. side is you go to a team yeah. that's not worthy. Yeah, you have the, the best team. weekend outside of the car. Right. like everybody's nice to me. I'm getting yeah. the lead everything. And so
2: that was oh. another really bad year. And so now at that moment we burned two years of funding, and and so to get out of that hole was a really long process. Mentally, financially, because by by that moment we we said then we say okay we have maybe this much more money to to go and uh, was your family
0: I mean uh, this is a lot of money to any family but was your family putting anything at risk to fund your racing like was anything at
2: at that moment no but my father wasn't Anymore at the situation he was at the so beginning. So he's not making
0: money anymore. Exactly, so yeah, you're just coming yeah. out of savings. Yeah, so. yeah. And so
2: it's it's quite a funny story because we said and we say, okay, let's let's do maybe one or two more years of F3. Let's not move up to Formula Two because mm-hmm. it's 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 too much of a step. Yeah, and yeah. if you're
0: not winning an F3, then You shouldn't yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and so
2: let's let's try go to a better team, and mm-hmm. then I end up doing um, Fortec. Sure. And
0: yeah, yeah, won a few
2: races in F three, finished third in the in Macau, which was Yeah, quite, it's huge. It's uh, a big deal. Was was good and so we started to see some sort of progress in terms of, you know, getting confidence back and so on and so on. Yeah. But then my father got to a point where he said, Well, we I mean we that's it. I mean it's I can't it, pay for this yeah. Yeah. it's finished.
0: And and that was a year of Euro F three.
2: And that was uh, F3, yeah, Euro F3. And then, and then it was quite a funny story because my father had parked a couple of Ferraris that he used to race in the SRO Championship in Brazil. And so he said to me, he said, look, you want to continue racing? There's these two Ferraris that are sitting in America in a, in a garage. They're parked over there. If you want to go racing, take those two cars. If you sell it, money's yours, go racing. And um,
1: put some effort in, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and yeah. so, what kind of Ferraris were they?
2: They were a four, four thirty GT, GT yeah, 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 three, yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones that my father was racing yeah. in yeah. Brazil. Yeah. So, so why, ch- have-
1: why did he bring them over here?
2: Because in Brazil, if you keep the cars for longer than six months, uh-huh. the taxation is so high. <laughs> He's I, like, I gotta yep. get it over there. Yep. 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 So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they could be there while the the championship was they're happening because they had yeah. but then yeah. after that they had to go out of the country okay. so,
0: that's smart so American taxes are better than Brazil uh, yeah, or, or they're less poorly managed exactly Brazil manages their tax system <laughs> better than the US right, well, the, right.
2: the problem is that the importation for cars are yeah. over 100% yeah, yeah. yeah. so, so nice. wow okay. so, so a car that costs six months is
0: enough time to get rid of it and well, not six months you
2: can be there it was just passing through exactly you can pass through if, there, if the championship it's a year then you can request a license to be there for sporting reasons
0: ah, I see. and so then so the cars the cars were won.
2: actually in Brazil for the duration of the championship but then once the championship finished right. there was no and, the, and then right. the and this to, was
0: over 10 years ago so statute of limitations you're good
2: no no everything was everything was legal and everything was fine so the cars came to America and um, and they were sitting here at ANSA ANSA Motorsport with 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 Alan, So I called Alan, Alan. Alan, how are you? Everything okay? Are the cars in good shape? He said, yeah, the cars are still in
1: good shape. He's got like 100 cars in his yeah. shop. He's, He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, sure they're fine. sure, yeah. I'm sure they're and fine. There, and
2: so... Uh, yeah. What's your name? Believe it or not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> believe it or not. I was able to sell the cars for a team in Australia. Within, nice. within 10 days. Nice. I guess that's uh, destiny. Yeah. And so I raised another, I don't, don't remember, but a couple hundred thousand. And with that... With that money, I was able to raise WEC in uh, 2015.
0: Oh, so your Ferrari GT3 sales was my first pop- year in sports. So those bought you a ride. Those in, bought me in a ride WEC. In, in WEC. And is that with G Drive? G Drive. yeah. So not
1: only did it buy you a ride, it bought you a really good ride. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, wait, wait. That's two guys that we've had. Rene Rass paid for his P2 ride at Le Mans to show that he was good in prototypes to get an opportunity. No, he paid for his P1 ride.
0: I can't remember. Yeah, it was uh, P- he bought because he wanted to drive the R10 under uh, low bracing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Same. So same way, idea. Like really badass. When, driver. when
1: when people are bitching about uh, bringing money to a deal, you literally had to sell some cars to get into an opportunity like that to showcase yourself. If your dad didn't give you those cars to sell, that opportunity, you're you're in a bad spot. Yeah. No,
2: I was in a really bad spot. Yeah. And so, but. Believe it or not, I was able to raise WEC with a uh, couple hundred thousand, which... Yeah. which. It's
1: but, I mean, you're also a British F3 race winner, right, at that point? At that point, yes, yeah. and then So I, it's not like you're just some chump with yeah. some money. It was, it was like a funny story because... And Russian money
0: is going to last forever. Yeah, it's going to so, so. be good. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, on that level, I want to go back, because when you, I mean, you went through several years of navigating your way through F3, it sounded like bad advice, uh, bad management, made some of those poor decisions with you. Uh, did you drop that manager? And, I did, And yeah. is that when you started winning? Yeah.
2: Yeah, basically.
0: So okay, yeah. so you charting your own course through F3 ended up being the best thing for you,
2: um,
0: or was that experience? Yes, yeah. I think
2: I think it got to a point where I where I was smart enough at that point to understand that I needed to understand what was good advice, and so I searched for good advice and and gave up the managers that put the managers put you in the bad spots, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so from that moment on, I started. Um, in a way, t- starting to take off and get out of the
0: out of that hole. Did you make your so those the the, the good years in F3 at the end there? They um, helped. Did you were those your own deals that you made, or did you have other management? No,
2: they were my own deals that I that we made. But we had someone helping us then with a little bit less personal interest.
1: I see. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> That's a very nice way of saying that.
2: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and yeah. so and so from that moment on, we started actually making you know good good steps forward we
0: don't we don't need to cite names necessarily but when you say personal interest because I'm very curious because I've never been you know uh, sent the wrong way by a manager um, is that they're taking your money and just doing whatever or are they taking money from these other teams as well like what is what is doing bad or just making bad decisions
2: no so so what really happened was that the whole management side that I had was linked to the people who were managing the championship that my father took to Brazil and so they said to my father okay we're going to manage the championship for you but we want to also manage your kid.
0: Uh, and so everything okay. was everything it was all package play against your dad. Exactly. And okay. so
2: it took a little time for my father to be able to say okay let's move let's take people out of the equation here let's let's let him follow his own path and so I think the definition the definition of a manager has to be if someone really trusts you they need to go with their eyes closed not make any money up front and think that they can make money with you later on that that's that's how I see manager
0: right. so if they're of, taking money from you that already is a bad sign that's already
2: a bad sign and that's that was happening to me yeah you know cause, cause in you're the beginning pa- you're paying this person up front exactly. to go
0: do something for you so exactly. then what's the incentive if it doesn't work out they still well, you exactly. know. and they were doing this in conjunction with setting your dad's deal up
2: yeah so they were. yeah they were doing that so I it wonder was if it's like,
0: oh, we'll take care of his racing too, yeah, yeah, yeah. without we'll necessarily knowing what really. they were doing either. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. and yeah.
2: so, and so it was a little bit. They, they had been involved in motorsport, okay, so they they knew the business, and so what doesn't surprise me is that I believe not only they were taking money from myself and my father but they were also taking money on the other end from the right. team yeah, saying, look, I'm bringing
0: yeah, yeah, you give me a commission for what I'm bringing to you. Exactly. So it, yeah. so that was really – that, that
2: happens a lot in motorsport, which is is really sad for young kids. Oh, really, for sure, really yeah. Sad. So, yeah, so eventually then we, we were lucky, and I think I'm one of the very few in this world that was able to first not give up and still believe that I could somehow make it. Uh, but actually make it in a way that it was worth it because had I not make it then I would have basically lost all the investment all the time because by this point I was more than 10 years in my career since very young and so it's very hard for those who um, who have to give up and, and just go do something else and then luckily I did a good a good year in um with G-Drive in WEC and landed the uh, Patron you.
1: When you decide you're going to take the money from the opportunity your dad's giving you, hey, you sell these cars, you can go do what you want with it, did you already have it in your head, like, I should try to do sports cars?
2: No, so I actually adventured myself in America, and I had another very bad experience. Oh, before, let's talk about uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did
1: you know you were going to go through all the things you hated about your career tonight?
2: <laughs> when I say I had, uh, by this point, I had done enough mistakes that, you know, why not just wait a little longer if it's meant to be? I um, when, when we couldn't do Formula 2 after Formula 3, we came to America on the promise of if I did a good test in Indy Lights, then I would get an Indy Lights drive for a much cheaper price. Or So I came, did the test, paid, paid for the test, and, uh, <laughs> and then the proposal was just a full
0: budget proposal. Yeah, and like so, if you can pay, we'll yeah, happily run you. Yeah, exactly. Is it a team that's still around now?
2: They let me see. Yeah, they are still. Yeah, they're kind of dis- <laughs> dissolving into like an orange car. But um, <laughs>
1: but uh, uh-huh. yeah, you know, you know. Wait, <laughs> did did you then test their Indy car a long time after that?
2: I believe I do. Well, I then did, that's yeah. on you, man. You came uh, back for more. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so
2: I got promised uh, a. a yeah, a subsidized drive that didn't happen if you should yeah.
3: speed
0: and but then,
2: yeah. Yeah. I ar- already wanted to do sports car I actually fell in love for sports car because of the movie from Audi have you ever seen the uh, oh
0: Truth in 24 yeah Truth in yeah. 24 yeah.
2: and I fell in love I said man I want to do that one. one day but I never knew because it was such a different world I first was trying single seater and then I said well maybe now it's time for me to look into the sports car scene and 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 then that's when I did the European Le Mans Series, the second-last race in uh, Lake Castellet in France. And uh, did really well. Then they invited me to do the um, the last race of the season. Then I did really well again. They, they look at averages. Uh, that's when I
0: realized that averages are good. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the G-Drive thing helped?
2: The G-Drive thing helped a lot. Um, my manager, Philippe, was... Uh, the team principal at Ligier at the time and like anything in life everything happens when it has to be and when it has to happen there's always a, a timing and a purpose for it and I kept uh, during that one year I remember I came into sports car very raw I remember I, I had the speed but you know really I wasn't a complete driver at the time I was in a in a learning process in terms of in terms of understanding tire management, fuel saving, uh, being quick while fuel saving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, whole, it's a whole new deal. And so I remember that the first race that we did was Silverstone, I qualified on pole. And WEC was, uh, the qualifying was average from. Yeah, for the drivers, right? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But my fastest lap was the quickest, uh, even from the other car. We had two cars at G-Drive that year. And, uh, and then I, I was really pumped up, did really well pole position um haven't had many back then uh, <laughs> yeah and uh, yeah, while, right? been, yeah. it had been a while right yeah. it had been a while and but then i got my ass kicked in the in
1: the race and i'm like oh my god <laughs> who, who so kicked, much. let's by who uh,
2: sam Bird. sam y- well, bird well yeah
1: okay so if you yeah. don't know who that is that guy is a legend of like sports car racing Yeah. so sam did you know who he was at the point at that
2: point uh, so well we did the whole winter testing together sure. sam was on the other car sure on, yeah uh, prior to that uh prior to that I didn't know who he was but right, then right. you go yeah. online and you're like okay he's done four years of formula sure, two
0: sure yeah, yeah formula
2: one test driver
1: yeah. you you've had beautiful teammates that's yeah. how sports car racing but works so you get paired up with people sometimes you have no idea who they are yeah. and then they're a stud. you're like oh god i gotta do this yeah but yeah. it was
2: really fun because i was really confident on my on my speed from testing <laughs> and then especially qualifying. but having sam uh beat my ass in the race <laughs> Yeah. made me realize that there's so much more. So the whole year was yeah. a very quick and strong learning process yeah. for me,
3: Yeah,
2: which made me a very strong driver by the end. And throughout the whole year, I kept asking my manager, because he was already managing Olivier Ply at the time. And I kept asking him, I said, look, Philippe, I need someone to help me. I've had bad managers in the past. Please give me a help. Please give me a help. And so, by the end of the year, he said, "Well, if you pro- if you progress well enough by the end of the year, we'll discuss." And so, my progression was 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 good, and he said, "Okay, I'll I'll manage you." And again, like uh, Destiny, uh, G Drive moved away to 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 another team, and and Patron decided to come to the WEC, uh, to the on-road team. Uh, from 2015, they had a really really difficult year, and then they decided to join what they used to call the factory team. Um, and then luckily there was a a place for me there and that's how that's how the story started
0: yeah when did you first meet Patron guys like uh, like Scott or Ed or any of those guys
2: so I think I met Scott at Daytona and that's the funny story because I wasn't meant to be at Daytona I was meant to be only in WEC and uh, last minute they decided to do the the 24 hours and initially they wanted a driver that had IndyCar experience and IMSA experience because the rules in the US are so different. And Ryan uh, DL, he was... Razzle Dazzle. Razzle Dazzle, he was, he was... During that year, he, was, he knew that Patron was only gonna do WEC, so he was allowed to sign for Spirit of Daytona.
1: Yeah, right, right, right.
2: And so he signed for Spirit of Daytona, and then they decided, yeah, we're gonna do this now. And then in the end, they decided to bring me last minute. How much
1: bitching did you hear about this from Razzle um, Dazzle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah.
2: But uh, but yeah, then then we came and yeah. we won, and it was <laughs> a funny
1: story yeah. how things yeah. uh, how things change. Well, not for Ryan Yeah, it wasn't. But did yeah, you feel um,
0: compelled to have to frost the tips of your hair with Scott Sharp? Did you feel like you had to change your hairstyle to be with Scott Sharp?
2: Um, yeah, he has a good hair, doesn't he?
0: Well, probably the best money can buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. guess. Yeah yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. He's doing really well. Yeah.
2: I said. I tell myself. I said, man, if I'm as fit as him by the time I'm his age, yeah. then I'll. Um, yeah. I'll be
0: happy. Yeah, have well, you talked to him recently?
2: I haven't. No, I have. Okay. I spoken to him. Um, <laughs> maybe a couple years ago.
0: Okay. Yes. There's yeah. a great podcast with him. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I've
2: heard it. I have think you heard? I've heard it. Yeah. Wait. I
0: think. This ours. Was it
1: in yours? I don't know. What, well, wait, where, where did, where how did do you not about know? Yet? Yeah, we know. What, no, whose podcast you listen to? No, so I, need, I, I need names. Yeah. <laughs> no. Was it your? Did you guys? We did.
2: We did, one we did with one with one with about a year ago. Year. Yeah. yeah. So I've heard that one. Yeah, is yeah. it is it the one that he um, that he spoke about his new deal business? Yeah, boner pills. Yeah, boner pills. Yeah, I've heard that one. Okay.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah it was times. funny
2: to hear that one. Yeah, but yes. I love Scott. Scott Scott has always been really good to me right. from uh, from well, the the yeah. moment I joined the team. He's yeah. always well. Great I would fall. I
0: would argue twenty. I mean, you know, G Drive did well for you, but I would argue that 2016, 2016 season is where all of a sudden you became within the road racing scene a name that everybody yeah, you're, knew. You're a known Cause You were the you were the badass that yeah. you know takes it to Daytona, takes it to Sebring, that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. When I I loved motorsport so much that when I saw that I could actually make it, yeah. it 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 was like a fuel for yeah. me yeah. You know, to just keep like reinvigorated. Exactly, because I I had gone through so much through the Formula Three days.
1: That was that's a good music. This it? is fucking <laughs> crazy. This is I'm like I'm like I'm I want th- to hear. I know I'm like laugh. I want to hear this. I really appreciate this <laughs> yeah, stuff, no, and it's no,
3: like this isn't you. I'm sorry. It's just such a transition.
2: There now. Yeah, I told you guys is. if you guys wanted to go to my place, would yeah. yeah. That's okay. It's not your. I don't fault. know if we
0: can get
1: the pelican case on the Vespa. <laughs> fair. <laughs> it's fair. Yeah. So you were actually reinvigorated by the opportunity to go race sports cars. It was like a chance to, a make some money versus spending money. Yeah. But you enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, I enjoyed it, and um, I was having fun. Like I said, I I fell in love with sports car from watching the movie, and yeah. so I think they they made they made a really good movie, and and. It, it brought myself into um a, a good spirit let's say to to just go push and not not like i was giving up something but i was actually trying to achieve something so that was uh that was really the the key point for me to go to sports car and remember at that time was when porsche uh, uh, audi i think nissan was entering not the perfect program but toyota so it was a uh, what we're leaving right now which is a uh, uh, a trend of uh, a high trend for sports cars, so it was nice.
0: Did you walk into that patron deal thinking that this was going to be the big break?
2: Well, it, for me, it was the big break anyway because I wasn't putting any money. I was getting my first paycheck, uh, okay. so yeah, it was already, you know, it was it was good. So um, from trying to sell cars to go racing to then, you know, hey, you're gonna go travel around the world, make a few a few bucks, and uh, drive nice race cars. Good, that's. Um, it's crazy how things change after a few years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're probably the youngest open wheel recent guy that's made the transition we've spoken to. You know what I mean? We've spoken to a lot of people that are, you know, a little bit older that have made that jump or tried to go and then came over. Um, so, what what is your opinion on the difference between a European paddock and racing an IMSA? Uh,
2: that's a good question because everyone speaks about how friendly the American racing is. Yes, exactly. And um, I <laughs> honestly don't think that's the case. You know, oh. I honestly don't Shots think... Shots fired. Yeah, I honestly don't think that's the case. At least for me, it is more open, but not necessarily more friendly, or perhaps it's a little bit more fake, because in the end, we are in competition. And for me, in Europe, we are always closed in our little box we go racing to win and we go out of racing and that's it in america there's a little there's a funny feeling of being friends with everyone but then at the time that you need to you know make a decision on track that something you know it's racing it can go wrong Mm. then you do that of course you do the you do the decision for winning the race but then after that how do you look that person in the eye and, and say yeah we're still good friends there there are some people that can do that but I think it's for me perhaps that's the reason why when I'm not in the race uh, weekend then I just do something else. Yeah I that you don't feel I take, this
0: community need that I, others I don't think.
2: feel the community I don't need the community and uh, and I feel like it for me having the, the ability to just go to the racetrack knowing that I don't care about anyone just myself and my right. team
0: and you have no obligation to be nice to somebody because they're a friend
2: exactly yeah. and i think that's i think that's the difference between the paddocks is that perhaps people get a little um they get a little what's the right word full of shit. not no i wouldn't say full of shit, but i think they they believe in something that's not actually true
0: Ah. Oh, okay
2: in terms of you know yeah we're of course we're all i mean we're all friendly and we should be respectful to one another always whether you're in WEC and or whatever but having real friendships uh, in that sense I don't think it's um, at least for me it's not how it works.
0: Hmm. So let's let's get into it. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. What, what you do you think your reputation <laughs> is? <laughs> yes,
2: I. I don't really care about the reputation. Okay. I think, I think B- perhaps, but that's not an answer. Yeah. I think <laughs> no, that perhaps wasn't a an yeah. aggressive driver. Yeah.
0: Perhaps. Yeah. 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 I would say that's absolutely your reputation yeah. is that you are a very aggressive
1: driver. Yeah. Is it justified? Is it justified? Yeah. If someone says Pipperani is is aggressive, are you like yeah I am?
2: Yeah. Is it justified? Yeah. Okay. I go for it. I think I think a lot of it is because. When I joined Sports Car, it was like, either I make it happen or I don't, and there were situations where I said to myself inside the car, go for it, because uh, you don't know if you're ever going to have a chance to do it again. Sebring 2016 was one of those moments. I knew that I didn't have other cars to sell to go race yeah, in one this more time. Yeah, and yeah. I said, you know what, if I finish third at Sebring, no one is going to ever remember me. So. Why not just try and go for it? And so I think, because of some of those races, then I think that's why I got the reputation. But
0: do you think you're too aggressive at times?
2: I used to be more. I think now I'm a father. I'm a little bit. Uh, it's been three months. It's yeah. been one race. Yeah. It's been one race. Yeah, but you know, I've 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 matured over, over the patron years to the to the Willen uh, engineering. I've made my fair bit of. Uh, mistakes or attempts, but also when I look back, many of those attempts worked really well for me. So it's always a balance. I think in, in motorsport, it's very easy for people point finger very, very quickly. If something goes wrong, a guy who's uh, not even in prototype, he's saying, yeah, that guy is, is he's an idiot and this and that. But he's not on your skin. He's not even driving on your class. And, and I think people, they tend to, to focus on the negative too much. Perhaps a little bit of jealousy goes on in this sport.
1: Absolutely. And yeah.
2: and, and people want to try and always push someone down when there's really not a necessity for it. And so I, over those years, had really good moves, aggressive moves that worked out, had, had aggressive moves that didn't work out, but I've learned that it's just a choice and it's motorsport and sometimes it's going to work and you learn how to balance and, and, and make those decisions and I think now I'm a more complete driver in that in that yeah, regard.
1: Because eventually you have to make that decision because uh, you're fast as sh-t. no one like the first note I have for you is fast as f-t. but if you're fast as But cause problems on track that is damaging or upsetting to your sponsors because Whelan's is a real sponsor. Yeah. You know what I mean? You drive for a very important program that is owned by someone very important. You can be fired even though you were probably one of the fastest prototype drivers to ever do it, right? Yeah. Because you've upset somebody or or just not putting on a standard to what they want from a PR side, on track performance, all that stuff. So you specifically, have you had that like, okay, I do need to make – I need to make crystal clear when I make these decisions that it's not going to cause me to keep getting this reputation where it's like, yeah, he's a fast guy in the world, but he'll knock the corner off the car or someone else's, and now we got a problem.
2: Yeah, no, I think I think that there has been moments in my career where I stopped and I thought about how I want to go forward. Um, like I said in the beginning, there's always moments in your career where sometimes the focus it's on achieving little victories yeah. every race or sometimes it's a championship yeah. and it really depends but um, we're humans we're here to learn we're here to evolve and whether that's evolved by learning how to be aggressive if you're not or if you learn how to be less aggressive if you're too much and so i think that's that's a, a part of a, of a process obviously you always have moments in your career where you are working for someone very important, and someone that will not tolerate mistakes. Um, but I've, I've been very lucky, with, you know, especially with Whelan and Patron especially in the beginning, but I would say most of my moves at Patron, they worked really well. Uh, then I moved to Whelan, then I had ones that worked really well, and some that didn't work really well, but always had the full support of my team. You know, I think I think when, when they hired me, they hired me knowing that I was aggressive, and they gave me the opportunity to become a better driver in terms of knowing how to balance my aggressiveness. So, so I've been I've been lucky on that side. Um,
0: do you think Do you think it's fair? Because I mean, I, I still I think you would agree with me that your reputation is probably is one of, if not the most aggressive among the the prototype guys. Um, but when I when I ask, it's fair. I think there's some incidents, it depends on who you hit or who you you know you have a run-in with that might dictate that. So I'll give you a perfect example. So 2020, Road Atlanta, obviously, with, with Ricky. Oh, wait. Um, that's the example you used? <laughs> it's like the most famous yeah, one right. ever. Yeah. Uh, so 2020, you have your run-in with Ricky um, in the closing laps at Road Atlanta. And I'm not here to pick sides or say who did or didn't do what. Uh, but Ricky is obviously a very beloved character within IMSA, part of a very popular family, very media-friendly, just a likable guy. Um, you're... Maybe less out there in the community for people to really know you. Um, if that run-in was with somebody else, do you think that you would have? Would you have the same reputation?
2: So just to understand, what what is my reputation on that?
0: On well, like, basically,
1: what Sean's saying is like, if you wreck somebody that nobody cares about, it's not going
0: to be as big of a deal as if you wreck yeah. the most popular driver yeah. in the class. If, okay, let's say it wasn't. Let's say it wasn't Ricky in that car. Let's say it was Olivier. Oh, no, I get. I get. I yeah. get. <laughs> And I'm I not saying you did too much or too little. I, that's not my place. What I'm saying is, is I think you came out looking <coughs> bad in that from a public perception, not my perception. And is that because it's Ricky or is that because people think you're too aggressive?
2: Well, first of all, you have to... Th-
0: I, I don't know if it's fair. I'm asking. I, I don't know, you know you my,
2: my, my side of thing is I, I think people need to look at the incident, whether it's Ricky or whether it's um, Ryan or yeah. whoever it is, you yeah. know, and, and, and analyze for what it was and not because it's either me or Ricky or whoever. I disagree that um, I don't think that the fault in that incident was mine because I was ahead. But that's, sure. that's another story. Sure, sure. And that's not what I'm arguing yeah, exactly. it's not my place. But so. for sure, uh, Ricky and the family, it's very, they're very um, likable. Um, I think perhaps because also they're Americans, I'm racing in America, there's, as it would be Happen the same if it was the other way around. If it was in Brazil, I think for sure Brazilians would stick to my side as a as a passion uh, thing. Um, so I don't I don't feel like um, I don't really care that I that I came out on. Let's say if you think it was a negative, more negative to me than it was to him. What I what I care about is what I believe. Um, what I believe I'm I'm doing. Uh, what um, and to be honest, I
1: don't. You don't seem to give. A shit. I don't care. And that's fine. Yeah, care. you don't have to.
2: I don't care. I yeah. think I think it's good that the public supports their um, their guide. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 part of it. Um, what I what I expect is that it's there's a fair judgment from officials and 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 the series and and so on.
1: So you're not measuring anything by a fan perspective or even a, pen, a paddock perspective as long as you get judged fairly by who's dictating the race. Yeah, yeah. So if the officials say this and that's what it is, and you want a fair shot at that, I want a fair if, shot. But if a I bunch wanna... of fans think that you did something wrong because you took out their favorite guy. You don't give I
2: I don't really, because I'm in competition. Sure. And Sure. Yeah. There's think, nothing wrong with that. And, and I think in competition you have to be you have to be in a way selfish, and in other way you have to understand that when you go for we are humans and if you go for something that you believe is going to work out but it doesn't work out then that's also part of the game you know and 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 if people understand that then good if they don't want to understand that and they want to make a, a, a problem out of it then it's their problem i don't i don't care but um, as long as if my team is cool with what i did and and we are on the same page then yeah, that's that's how I in, see.
0: In that specific incident, do you think you had a, a not from the public, but from the paddock or from your team? Did you get a fair treatment?
2: From my team, yes, a hundred percent. Because I remember in that race, it was a really hard championship. Because uh, Felipe had to miss one race, right? Yeah, uh, due to COVID mm-hmm. early on, um, and I remember that. We went into that race knowing that had we won Petit, we still had Sebring because Sebring was postponed at yeah, the
1: end of the race, yeah, in the season. Yeah. Knowing
2: that if we won that race, we would go to Sebring on par on yeah, points, yeah, and, and right. with a bigger chance of winning. And I remember that um the BOP in IMSA, and I don't like talking about it. I think the speed of the cars were quite similar, but um the Hondas, they had a quicker pit stop. People don't really understand that. The BOP also affects how quickly the yeah, field, fuel flow
1: and all yeah. that. Yeah, 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 and yeah. so
2: every pit stop during that entire race, everyone thought that we were just a worst team on right. pit stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we would always come out sometimes ahead or not, but always get out of the pit much behind, yeah, much, yeah. much behind. Yeah. And so on that particular, um, I think it was the second last pit stop, I came out really close to Ricky, I think. I came out a lap early of the pit, so he came out in front of me on cold tires and I said, you know what, it's the end of the race. If we, don't wi- if we don't win this race, then we're out. So I just made a move into turn one, which was perhaps one of the most aggressive moves that I've ever done in my career. Um, it worked. Pippo Durrani
1: just said that, <laughs> and
2: um, that was honestly that was a, I, I like the move. It was <laughs> it was a risky one, but uh, yeah. but it worked out. Yeah. Um, and I put ourselves in a, in in the position we needed to be, and then after that I don't know what happened, but I I just remember being taken out, and and that's uh, that's my
1: view of uh, that's my view of the. Um,
0: but the team was behind you. There was yeah, no, yeah, you need I mean, to back off. None of that. I
1: mean, we've we've interviewed Tim Keene. He backs his guys. You know what I mean. He's he's one of those guys that that really wants to believe in his people. So I think you're in a really good position if you choose to be as aggressive as as you are. That you're you're going to have support there. But they answer to people too. You know what I mean. And you don't want to upset the people that own the program and that sponsor everything. So it's like you have to make sure you're putting yourself in a good light. And it's not good when a lot of fans go online and tweet about Ricky Taylor getting taken out, because that's a lot of negative press attached to Wheeland Engineering, you know what I mean? It's
2: uh, it's a good question and it's a good point, but did it really people said that Ricky was taken out?
0: Yeah, yeah, a lot did. Yeah. so
2: so people honestly, people are a little bit blind because yeah. he I'd also was like
0: to point out that's how little you care because you weren't. Yeah, you're like years later. You're asking yeah. us, yeah, yeah, which is fine. But yeah, it's totally fine to be that way. So
1: Ricky Taylor has more fans than you. Yeah, of that's course. just how it is. Yeah. So even if he drove you straight into the side of you and crashed you into a wall, people are like, why did Pippo turn in? That's just how it's gonna go. Exactly. Because yeah. he has fans. Exactly. So that's not good for a sponsor, even if it's wrong.
2: Yeah, but y- I think y- that's know. when uh, that's when it's really good when you have people that understand motorsport sure. in the end, absolutely in, in, from inside, yeah. from the yeah. a- essence. Because yeah. I work for a fantastic group of people yeah. that they wanna, they they're not worried about, let's say,
0: a yeah, Twitter right. yeah, or, yeah, or something yeah. like yeah. that.
2: They're worried about winning, and that's that's why they hired me.
0: Has anyone like within Whelen uh, ever talked to you about calming down?
2: To be honest, uh as no, he smiles, honest, <laughs> yeah. as, he, as he has yeah, that coy the, look on yeah, his yeah. face. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be no uh, to be honest, it's quite it's quite the opposite. I think really? the, uh, that's awesome. Um, they they every time I've had a couple times where it, it didn't work out and uh, and they they were fully behind me. They were always like we love we love the way you drive, we we expect you to do just as you do and uh, and, and that's fantastic. I mean to be in a position where you know in the end of the day, I am the biggest critic uh, critic of, of myself. You know, if I make a mistake, that I'm the one. I, exactly. No, it's yeah. not gonna hurt more in anybody else than than in for myself. Sure, for sure. And so when I well, your wife
0: might have to deal with you too. Exactly. But <laughs> yeah, she yeah, it's not <laughs> very nice for her. She knows signed up for. Yeah, 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 but yeah.
2: Uh, but I think it. I suffer a lot if I know I've let people down.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like
2: anyone that. should, but uh, I take the responsibility and I like to be fair when I know I've made a mistake, I will own up to the mistake.
0: So you're good yeah. with being like the, the, we call it the black hat. The heel. The yeah. heel, <laughs> the heavy. Uh, so you're okay, you don't care, yeah. but you know that it's good for fans if you are. I don't
2: care, I don't yeah. care, whatever whatever it is. What I like, it's being myself. Sure, sure. Uh, when, when we go back to the IMSA versus WEG thing, I'm not a guy who's gonna pretend that I'm someone else's friend, or maybe be in a situation where he thinks I'm his friend, when I know that if I have to bang wheels with him on the track, I will be for friendship. You know, and I, and I think if people understand that and they're cool with it, it's better for, for themselves, you know. So that's how I go racing. I, I don't go to the racetrack to make friends. I go to the racetrack to win races for my team and for myself.
0: So, so, we did one of these with uh, Felipe, Yeah, uh, I think last year? Yep. And uh, so you guys were teammates for a few years. How would you guys get along?
2: Yeah, with Felipe, was uh, was a really interesting story because we've raced against each other since very young.
0: That's uh, what I'm saying. Uh, for a while.
2: He's a year older than I am, but we've always uh, I've always catched up to his category in go-kart for one year, then he would move uh, up. because it it's that age gap. Yeah, no. so he would move up to the right. to the other one, and, yep. and eventually... Our careers took a different path, um, he, he, he made it to Formula 1 which was a fantastic, uh, he had a fantastic single-seater career and, um, and myself like we spoke before I had some troubles and so to have Felipe join the, the championship um, was quite nice in, in a way like a, an old rivalry. But always with a lot of respect for for each other. Um, but funny enough, Felipe and I, we weren't like from. We know each other from since seven years old. We weren't, let's say, best friends. We we came from different cities. Yeah, we, he's from
0: Brasilia. Yourself, Paulo. Yeah, we raced
2: yeah. against each other, uh, but we over those years, I think, like I said, we pushed each other to a higher level, and that created a bigger, a much bigger respect for one another. That that it was quite nice to to feel. To this day he's moved out of the team but we still we still speak, we still um, you know enjoy thinking of what we achieved together. Was he the
0: closest teammate you had? Friendship wise?
2: Um, I would say I would say close.
0: Um, You're like, the, I it, don't get close to teammates.
2: No I would say I would say it was an interest dynamic with Felipe because we are very different people we're very different to what we like
0: and, oh, a, and life. We, we have a question about that yeah
2: we're very different like he's i'm married for six years i now have a kid he's been single for <laughs> what do you
0: mean is not
1: yeah
2: he's he's been single for god knows how many years uh-huh. <laughs> yeah we know and um, and he likes fishing being you know almost fully naked in the amazon yeah. i
1: I'm have you well, ever brought a guitar to a party you pre- you prefer to be clothed in the amazon I prefer not to be in the Amazon. <laughs> Whether that's close, yeah, it
0: doesn't
2: or, matter. You're not going. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So I'm I'm very urban guy, uh, and he's very nature. Yeah. And so on. Yeah. So <laughs> I would say when you say close, I think we've developed a massive respect for one another in in professional in the professional environment, also in the personal side of uh, of of life. Um, so I would say also because of the language, and then we were able to speak. You know, so I think I think we were really close in that in that sense. I wouldn't say it was easy because I think in the beginning, and and people might not know that, but I think in the beginning, when you come into someone's team, because he was already
0: there, he was when already there. When you came there, in, you're replacing Christian.
2: It's almost like. You're stepping into someone else's uh, environment,
0: and Ah, and that
2: that person can feel threatened.
0: Oh, interesting! And
2: and I think Felipe dealt with that very well because, in the end, we use that to become better as as a driver. The two of us together, and we've learned how to how to appreciate the strong and the weaknesses from one another, and and be better as a as a team.
0: So three years together, um, we went to Felipe, looking for stories about you. Didn't have much because you're private and you, you just don't do bad things, which is a problem for us. Well, he's
1: been wifed up for a while. Yeah, I mean? like, he yeah. can't
0: misbehave. Yeah. Um, How many girlfriends have you
1: had? Um,
2: not many. Yes. I've enjoyed my time sure. when I was... Okay. Uh, sure. uh, but yeah,
0: Wait, In many. Europe or in Brazil? in brazil yeah oh, okay yeah okay. but
2: uh i've also had older friends so you can imagine what those things lead to but like uh, like andy lally older friends like women no i mean like oh, oh okay older. <laughs> you hang out with older dudes yeah you know who yeah, exactly. you know exactly. what they're
0: doing yeah, yeah right. right exactly yeah. so okay. I, I, yeah. have
2: a, I have a very good friend of mine who's a bit older and, yeah and okay
0: so before your wife you did okay i did okay yeah, yeah Okay. Yeah. all right but well, like yeah <laughs> but did you, you're not doing felipe nasser numbers
2: Oh no, for, no, no, far from it. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't. Yeah, I so, was still very young back when I was single, yeah. and uh, yeah. I wasn't no. nearly as good looking as Felipe. No, so, um, not many people. Not, are, that's my not friend. very <laughs> that not a, That is okay. We do the best we can here. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's why I got married very early. You know, you're just like, <laughs> like this is this is good. Yeah, I like this I'm down. Good. That's yeah. it.
0: Yeah. So Felipe's first question that he suggested we ask you is, and and. And I think we both agreed, Ryan and I, that this could go one of two directions. So I'm very curious which direction this goes. How many girlfriends of Felipe Nasser have you seen? It's a question from him, so he knows we're asking. How many girlfriends? He's used the phrase girlfriends. How many girlfriends of Felipe Nasser have you seen?
2: So what, what, what girlfriends mean is
0: like... You define. That's, that's his question. Because it could be zero or it could be 100, and I'm not sure which.
2: It depends if it's yeah. Instagram or real life.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. Okay. That, that quote itself is great. Instagram and in real life. Yeah. Kids, did you hear what he said? Those are two different things. Man. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so people that might think they're his girlfriend.
0: Okay, so you're at a track, maybe if, let's Friday night after practice, you, you two go to dinner. Does a girl come with him?
2: It, that really depends where, you know, if okay. it's because he's a bit picky. So if it's
0: because uh, um, he can
1: be. All right. Let's see how good you are at this. He walks up with a girl. You don't necessarily recognize her. What do you say upon
0: speaking to this person for the first time?
1: To whom? To Felipe? To, to, the, to, the,
0: to, the, to the girl. So Felipe brings a girl. You honestly don't know if you've met her or not. What do you say? What do you say?
2: Hi, how are you? Pleasure to meet you. Oh, oh you say me.
0: That is... That what, is if, what if she's, you, let, What if he's brought her before? Let me help you out. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. If, you, if
1: you say nice to meet you, she's like, don't you remember me?
0: Yeah. Does he bring different girls every time? Is that
1: is that how he...
0: No, that's what I'm trying... No, we're, no, trying no, to, no, yeah. we're
1: helping you as a wingman because sleeping. As- this is going to happen for a while if you go to dinner with him, I'm pretty sure. Uh, you never say nice to meet you because then they're offended that you met before. But you have never ever say good to see you again so you say just hello how are you hey how are you oh, yeah. hey, hey how are you yeah yeah
0: yeah you say yeah. again and she's and she's new it's a di- wait no that was another girl yeah yeah yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: yeah. yeah.
0: so he says <laughs> he's like, no, like, not, he's, he's like he, not your he, thing yeah. You're like i'm married i don't give a about it yeah. yeah. um, <laughs> his question was how many girlfriends of Flape nasser have you seen that can go two ways
1: did he use third person
0: Yes, but it was a question to ask, so it was uh-huh. a, like I think uh-huh. he was giving me the script. Because okay. um, that can go two ways. It can either mean that every girl that he brings, he introduces as his girlfriend, which means he's got eighty girlfriends, or it means he never brings them around. Yeah, and, and it's so it's it's a zero or it's eighty. You know what I mean?
2: So normally, normally, what he would do. If, if, just if it's an event, an important event, or she happens to be for the whole weekend with him, then Jesus you know, crying. then Frazier. happens to be yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. One but, of the fortunate uh, ones.
2: But normally he wouldn't bring it.
0: Right? Does he say girlfriend or does he just say the name?
2: Uh, he just says the name. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, so he never says girlfriend. No. So I'm going to deduce that he's you've met zero girlfriends of Felipe Nasser.
2: I think I think if you if you define girlfriend by like a relationship, then he uh-huh. has zero. <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: Uh, how many ladies have you met that came to an event with him or to dinner?
2: There was one that was really with him for a long time. Okay. For clear. Few, a few events. Yeah.
0: A few, like three. <laughs> a long time. Two. Yes. I mean, yeah. for,
2: for her to be three. Full weekends with him in a row, almost <laughs> almost two months. That's almost yeah. like getting married uh, for, uh-huh, Felipe. for Felipe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now,
1: what I love about this is that he he's fine he this. prompted this. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> this didn't is start not it. us. To, he's like, ask him about my ladies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so um, yeah. So uh, so there was
2: this one girl that poor girl. Uh, you could see she was uh, in <laughs> love with him, and he was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, pushing forward and mm. like, see where he goes. But he's like, oh, I'll call you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh-huh. He asked for this. Um, <laughs> so, long-term relationship is like three races.
2: Man, that was a really long. Relationship. Depends. He said yeah, a couple yeah. races, but like you but know, like, like a f- this so a full
0: weekend. You have to be pretty special. Yeah,
2: I think that one nah. was pretty special, but he was just afraid to commit. Now,
1: is he is he a, is he on the apps? Is that is that what the game is like? He like, hey, uh, check. What do you think of this one? Does he do like? Would it, would you swipe on that?
2: Anything like that? No, I don't. I I don't. Yeah. Not those common mm-hmm. common
1: apps. No, yeah. I haven't I haven't seen that. All right. So, you've been a dad now for three months. How, how's sleep going for you?
2: To be honest, we're very lucky with a little one. Yeah. She's really easy, to be honest. Of course, she's having a little... She's going through the difficult beginning, which is through the first three months. Lots of babies have a lot of reflux, and she she's one of them. But... Um, she's been sleeping quite well she goes to bed like seven or eight at night and wakes up four in the morning so that's a lot of sleep yeah. Yeah. a lot of sleep yeah. so it's been it's been quite good to be honest Can it's difficult it's demanding because in, in the beginning my wife was like you know it's not gonna be so easy we're gonna have to be awake for a long time and I said yeah I do 24 hour races it'll <laughs> <That'll> be fine <laughs> I mean, Not every of, day. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I, in the beginning, I was like, you know, it's much easier because instead of having having to be at the trailer and walking all the way to the paddock, I'm just gonna go from one room to another. Yeah, and that's gonna I'm be. Right. I'm
0: dry for yeah. now. Yeah. Somebody will call me on the radio when I need to be there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And yeah. so and so, you don't realize that when you're doing that one day after mm-hmm. the other, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. you know, when you're in a race car mm-hmm. and you're out of it, it's someone else's. Mm-hmm. deal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's someone else's problem. You can just go focus on trying to get some sleep. But when it's your own kid, your own kid, everything, it's your responsibility. Everything. And so you are constantly worried that something might happen.
0: Some people when they have kids or some people are afraid they're they're gonna get slower and become more conservative. Our friend Joey Hand said, "When he when he started having kids, he was the exact opposite. He got crazier as a driver uh, because he started thinking about all the bills he has to cover. Diapers, yeah. yeah. So like I gotta pay for this, so I gotta make this pass. Man, if
2: diapers was an issue, then that would be that would be easy. Yeah, you're um, like, oh, yeah, we can right. yeah, we're yeah. Good, man. yeah, we're good. I gotta call all a few insurance. years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um,
0: so, is kids gonna change you for the better or worse in terms of uh, being aggressive?"
2: In terms of being, we're always going back to being aggressive. Dude, you're an
1: aggressive guy on track. <laughs> like, uh, I, here's the thing. The first hour of talking to you, because we've never really spoken in length, I was like, man, I, I think you're that guy that, like, once the helmet goes on, they say, once the helmet goes on, he sees red mist. Because you're very endearing and nice to speak with. You're very calm and just normal. Like, you're a you're good. You're not hosting us, but you're like, let's get some stuff to the table. It's very good. I, and I also don't see a selfish vibe of you amongst us now. But on track, I would say you drive selfishly, and that's not criti- I'm not saying that in a negative way. Um, so the aggressive thing's going to come up.
0: Yeah, because it's such a dichotomy. Yeah.
1: Well, I, th- I don't think the,
2: the kid has any influence on it, to be honest. I think what.
0: You're not going to see her and back off.
2: No, I think what, what I am as a racing driver, and it's too, it, it will depend and evolve throughout my career. Uh, depending on the moment I am, uh, with the things I want to achieve, but there there will always be moments where I will need to be more aggressive to achieve something that I want and moments that I will need to back off to achieve some things that I want.
0: It's not until twenty sixteen when you're with ESM that you finally get a, a paycheck to be a race car driver. Yeah. What's the dumbest thing you first bought? A drone. You that, that's a dumb thing? Yeah. Well, it's not that expensive. Uh, yeah,
2: but yeah. You just
0: wanted it. Yeah. What <laughs> what'd you buy? DJI, yeah. yeah. We're we DJI guys, yeah. But we use it for work.
2: Yeah. So, so I, I used, I've crashed and I've used for nothing and then it stayed
0: in, on my drawer for another so number you flew of it like years. Twice. Sorry. You flew it like twice and crashed. Yeah, one? a little
2: bit more than that, but yeah. I just find it very.
0: There's. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> 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 right. Well, he was ahead of it, so it was okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, anyway, but the, uh, yeah, I think it's just too much hassle for.
0: Just to get an aerial shot that you don't care about. Well, and like, if you're not going to use it for something, what's the point?
2: Exactly. So, yeah. 2016, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, this big. I've asked myself that question but I'm very foot on the ground with uh, with money very very oh, and, okay. and, That's and good. I think yeah. I think a little bit because of uh, family as well my father when he sold the company he did very well and then he lost a lot of money and so I got into I got to experience myself what it was to come from a wealth a wealthy family to almost, you know, not if you don't make it to single seater, then uh, to ra- in racing, you're gonna have to uh, do something yourself and figure out. And and so I saw the whole process, and uh, so I'm very foot on the ground
0: with. Uh, uh, so, with for example, the SRO program, like did your dad lose a lot? For yes, that whole it, thing? Yeah, he like, did. So, times were bad?
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it didn't. My father, he, he ended up passing away before it actually got really bad. But it was on that way, you know. And, and unfortunately, I believe that a little bit of, uh, of the reason why he got sick and so on was because of his financial situation, that he could see things that went wrong. And he, unfortunately, was really sad about it. And, it, yeah, it was uh, prostate and uh, bladder. But it was really, uh, luckily, he was able to be at my wedding because just after my wedding a month after that he discovered he he had cancer and it took only a year and he was and and he was gone so um, it was really really quick yeah but part of life you know we the only certainty we have in this life is that at some point we're all going to go away
1: Ferraris to help you you know get your career going in the sports car direction but there's another Ferrari that was important to you guys, right?
2: Yeah, so so my father was a big car guy. I mean big car guy. He when he made some money, the first car he bought was a Ferrari F three F three fifty five. Yeah,
0: not a drone. Yeah, not a drone. <laughs> he was smarter
2: than me. But he had a bit more money than I did when I first signed it. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so he uh, he bought that one car and he had other cars, he had race cars and so on. But yeah. that Ferrari was the one he kept. Yeah,
0: because that was the symbol. Like this is this the is thing is, I want. To this yeah. day, that car's awesome too. I I like, like that, that. car yeah. is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: And so when he uh, when he passed away, I I bought the the car from uh, from the estate and and have it with myself too. I have pictures with my father yeah. when I was like nine you years old. You just
1: posted one not that long ago, yeah. and I, we didn't know to ask about it or what it, what it meant, and then I think Philippe helped us out with that. But um, not only do you have the, the, the streetcar which is super cool, but you had an artist do like a rendering of the photo of you and your dad from when you were little.
2: Yeah, so that's, yeah. Uh, that's a funny. Um, my wife actually saw an art from a Portuguese artist when we were traveling to New York uh, last year, I think. And, and she really liked the, the artist, so she got in touch with him and said, would you be interested in doing something special for us? Um, and he's like, yeah, I want to know the story, what is it like? And, and then she explained, sent the picture to him, he's like, no, that's a really cool story. I'm going to do something for you. So, so he made a picture of exactly my... Uh, he copied the picture that I have right. with my father
0: because it's a photo of you and your father at the back of the three fifty five yeah
2: yeah basically yeah
0: yeah and you're you're young' I'm, you're I'm a little like, boy
2: I'm like nine and my father's right beside me and I'm like I'm like uh putting my hands on the, yeah, on the car it's, yeah, like yeah
0: that. it's right here yeah yeah so yeah. yeah
2: and so uh so yeah it's a good memory the car is in Brazil so it's also a reason for me to go every once in a while to Brazil to to drive the car around and uh, and the painting of course is uh, at my place here
1: we do have a pass along question and last night we had dinner with sebastian bordet and his question you kind of already answered it was basically because you didn't get to go to indycar or anything extensive in open wheel you know on a higher level what was the turning point there but since you explained that i would i would say tell us about the the chance to test an indycar because you did get to do that which is a big deal
2: yeah so Again, the test came um, by that time. I had achieved a few things in uh, in, in IMSA, and uh, obviously the the team owner who tested me in Indy Lights knew me very well. He knew also uh, Scott and uh, and Ed Brown, and so I think, in my opinion, was that he was in his belief he could get some patrol money to to Indy Car, so and so always
0: back to the full rate thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. always okay. so. Yeah, for my for my for my point of view, it was a chance to test an Indy car and an opportunity that you know you don't uh, don't always get. Yeah, right. so you're like, yeah. I'm gonna con you back. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. like, watch this. Yeah. And uh, no, did and so, you did
1: you tease it up? Like, you know, if this goes well, I think I can get that patron deal to get you know, like, kind of make him excited.
2: To be honest, I, no. To be honest, I my, de- my, my thought was if I did well enough. Maybe there would be a chance for me to do it without the patron money, but if patron wanted to be involved, then would be cool. But I never, never really pushed patron. So anymore. maybe
1: a little sense of your dad coming out there, yeah. Because you know the business, yeah. You maybe. know this person, but like that little dream, like maybe,
2: maybe the yeah. little, the, yeah, the dreamer in me. Yeah, a little bit of your dad there. Yeah, but yeah. in the end, it was just fun to. That's yeah, cool, I right? Come yeah, in. It's yeah,
0: yeah. So now that you're several years into your your you know sports car program you're with a factory you got a good job right now if a a good car team called you tomorrow would there be any thought about it
2: Nah, it's, it's difficult to say like i'm really enjoying what i'm doing right now i think sports car it's um uh, it's the place to be at the moment um ovals you know now looking at them i'm i'm not sure if i would do them you have to you have to think that now when you look at sports car, they're probably more than half of the grid of IndyCar It's making less than we made than the top guys in sports car are making <laughs> yeah. for, for putting their ass on the line. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are paying. Also the other thing is it's a good balance of the number of races that we have. <laughs>
1: yeah, quality of life.
2: To be to be having time for your kid and, and so on. But sports car it's just on a on a on an upright right now where you're going to have the best races you can think of. You're going to be able to race the same car both sides of the Atlantic, Daytona, Sebring, Le Mans and 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 I think that I mean for me that's that's awesome. So I I really in my mind it's not
1: it's far it's gone from IndyCar right now. So tomorrow we're going to have dinner with Alex Job, who is a longtime Porsche sports car team owner. He's run a lot of different cars but Porsche is where he made his name. In fact, he was the factory guy for a long time. Uh, if you could ever ask a question of Alex Joe uh, hiding behind us, what, what would that be?
2: Can I ask two questions? Sure. Yeah. So the first one, having had so much success, is there one particular race that he enjoyed winning more than the other? And the second one is, can you own a race team and still make money?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's happy to answer that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Are um, so you a NASCAR fan at all?
2: Um, I enjoy NASCAR. I've yeah.
0: learned how to like NASCAR
2: because I <laughs> <laughs> I think is that a fair way to say it? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's a completely fair. It's the greatest thing I've heard. Yeah, about. I love
1: the honesty. <laughs> I had to figure out how to like this. It's yeah. it's yeah.
0: really it's
2: really completely opposite to yeah, what yeah, I was yeah. brought up to. Yeah. Right, right, and right, mean, right.
0: Considering who. Runs Action Express, so you should like NASCAR. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I
2: appreciate it's a yeah. fantastic sport. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to have a crack at it, yeah. of course. Yeah.
0: Right. Our buddy Justin Marks is running this new Project 91 program, bringing in kind of international road races yeah, from all over celebrities. the place. To, yeah. uh, to put yeah. a, if you could name one driver to drive that Project 91 car, who would it be? Nick Tandy. Oh. Nick Tandy. Popular. Interesting. He's a really popular answer. Interesting. Yeah. So when this episode uh, comes out, this won't come out until the winter time. So yep. it'll be November, December. Uh, the season will have gone through. Lamar will have happened. So how did it, how did the twenty twenty three IMSA season go?
2: I've won everything. Good. So
0: okay. <laughs> the apart, modesty. Didn't you? Apart, did, we just apart, talked about how modest you are. <laughs>
2: apart from Daytona, I have won everything. I mean, you have to be you have to be optimistic, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. I hope it's the I, look, fact
0: that no one was even on the lead lap. No, <laughs> yeah, man. he's like I
1: led. I, I won by two laps. I Led everybody. Yeah. Look, I
2: think, I think, you know, uh, looking back, I hope that when we are at the end of the season, that we can we we can look back and realize that we improved things that we we had to improve as a team, um, as a as an athlete as well. There's always things to, to be better at, and so I hope that you can always see a a, a progression. Um, as a team, as as a person, as an athlete, and I think if you are able to do that um, all together, then results will be a consequence of it. and And so I hope that we can we can enjoy th- this moment of sports car racing. Look back at the very first successful LMDH year, and hoping and hope that the first year is cemented the future of sports car racing.
0: So you're our first Glickenhaus alumni. Uh, we we we've. Tried to work with Jim on some projects. It didn't quite work out. Uh, we had our own experiences with Jim. Uh, would you go back to that program if you called?
2: No, I would, man. I honestly, I had a, I had an amazing time. Now, is it because Gakenhouse. he
0: probably paid really well?
2: He probably paid really. Well. I mean, yeah.
1: <laughs> there it is. Probably paid very well. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I say good things about people that pay well too. But okay. uh, yeah, but yeah. no, look, <laughs>
2: I have to say, it, it's nice when you are able to choose things that you want to do for fun. And I'm very privileged that I had the opportunity yeah, yeah. to be in a fantastic racing uh, environment in America and then be allowed to go yeah, do yeah. in House program. Yeah, absolutely. So I wish them all the best. Uh, it, it was really nice and I hope I beat them, but it was really nice, yeah.
0: Back to racing stuff. Uh, we, we haven't asked this question. Um, your name is Luis Felipe Durani. Yes. And if you look at your early race results, it is Luis Felipe Durani yeah and then, and then all of a sudden it was people
2: well to be honest is because everyone called me people but um, the Federation some federations they go by the what's written the legal name and so but you
0: if up have left you'd be people to
2: be honest it just happened naturally because there were other Felipes and, and, and so on and everyone knew me by people and someone just said, you know what just keep it because it's easier and, and it's easier for everyone to to know who you are, and I said, yeah, whatever, you know, let's just keep people. And and for me, it was very natural to hear people, because my family was constantly calling me people.
0: And in fairness, there are like 30 Felipe Brazilian drivers, so, yeah, yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, so in the end, it's... uh, And too many of them are ex-girlfriends. And there's there's a
2: funny story, there's a funny story about that with Nasser, because we um we raced the brazilian championship against each other uh, in 2007 he won the championship and i finished uh, second that was 2007 in uh, in i think in in Bahia in brazil a go-kart go go kart. yeah, yeah, yeah go-kart yeah. okay. and um, at the end of the championship you are driven, the, the first three pos- uh, the three uh, places in the championship they they are driven on a, on the back of a pickup car as a as a to celebrate to celebrate, and I didn't know that Felipe was also called by his family by people, and someone was shouting oh God. someone was shouting like people, people and <laughs> and I, and I oh looked God. and I'm like, hey guys, I did it. I, yeah, I finished second who who is this and and it was Felipe's mother from the outside,
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, maybe she yeah, yeah. maybe, yeah, but uh but yeah, so I was just used to the to the nickname and 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 it Became easier for, pe- for people to.
0: Yeah. Is, is there a side of you that you wish people knew more about?
2: A side of me that I wish people knew more about. Man, I to be honest, I don't. I, you've already spoken about the aggressiveness. I think. <laughs> Did we? <laughs> I think. The thing that you're known for. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. thing that I've known for. Yeah. Um, but I really, I really think that in the end, it's. Um,
1: do you really think I'm that aggressive? Dude, are you serious?
0: <laughs> like, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, but say, like, yeah. I, yeah. Uh,
1: I respect that you don't, unless you're doing a bit, which I also love if you are, like, it's a joke. Are you joking?
2: Well, no, it's just a question. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm not joking. You no. are
0: very aggressive. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. You. you are very aggressive. Yeah. Uh, I love the fact that you don't take it home with you, that you're
1: like, hey, whatever. I was, I was at work. I like emotions,
2: you yeah. know? if, yeah. If, if you stay behind someone for too long, what's the fun in it?
0: What is easier? Maybe I should ask your wife this. What's easier for you to go home to, with, in your head? That you crashed making a move that maybe you shouldn't have made or that you got second knowing you could have made a move for a win?
2: It, It's easier to go home second knowing that I could have done something. But the thing of it is that... Most of the times, there's not really that thought because I would have made the move anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. What do you mean? What, so what, what? I don't what? often go home thinking, "Man, I should have just tried that pass." I just that's because yeah. I already did it. <laughs> and so I think I think most of the time it's me going home like F-ing hell. I shouldn't have done it, but
1: you know. Did you get a Ford GT? I did. Yeah. They gave so how if you can, how does that work? Is that a bonus or they get they like, they give you the chance to buy it at a rate? They give you the chance to buy it. Okay. And you pay full price for it.
2: No. F- no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No.
0: Yeah. That's not true. You yeah. wouldn't pay full price for it. Why would GT? you buy
1: a 4GT?
2: Well, you, you would buy a 4GT because it's very lucrative. It's a good investment.
0: Okay. So and you that, bought uh, a 4GT for the resale value. Yes. But you could do that with other cars.
2: Yeah, but the 4GT, the, the the way they, they structured the the whole thing uh-huh. was really good for the ones who were able to get their hands on the car.
1: Yeah, right, right, right. Initially, so that was a perk as being a factory guy for them or in that program? Yeah.
2: So, well, huh. initially huh. I had to, to be honest, I had to do the whole um, when you when you go online and you put yeah. your name. How do you say it? Your uh, application? Yeah, right. So yeah. I had to do the application just like anyone else. Race right? for, for
0: you. Me. So it's I, me, yeah. Pippo. <laughs> well, I Maybe I Felipe. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: made a video and I said, guys, I race for you guys at Le Mans and so on, so I would like to buy the car. Really? Well, yeah, yeah. So I sent, because you never know who's sure. on the other side. Yeah, a yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: middle manager that doesn't follow racing. Yeah, he was like, what is a, what yeah. is a Le Mans? So, what I, is I, it? so I did
2: that, then I got the reply that I was selected to buy the car. Then I initially I bought the car because I thought it was so cool that I had been part of the program. and. <laughs> I should have bought an NSX. <laughs> and it was such a special program because we kind of knew it was only just four Absolutely. years yeah, 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 and so yeah. on. Yeah. But also, I wouldn't have done it if I thought that I could lose money
1: on it. Sure.
0: Yeah, you know, right, just right, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have done it. Has I that bought thing been it.
2: driven? Sorry? Has it been driven? Yeah, it
0: was
1: driven. Yeah. Oh, it's gone. It's gone, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 10-4. Yeah. 4 yeah. Did you do all right on it? I did all right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If somebody listens to this podcast 30, 40 years from now, what would you hope they take away as your legacy?
2: My legacy, enjoy life, enjoy every moment. Um, don't think the grass is greener somewhere else because it's not. It might be a little bit better, but not that much, That not that whole lot. Um, there's always pros and cons everywhere you are. And so if it, it's a whole it's life, it's a process. It's, not, it's, it's enjoying a little bit every day and not just believing that um, happiness is somewhere else. And so enjoy every day and look back one day thinking that every step of the way
1: you were able to take something positive out of it. Quite philosophical. And I'd say on that note, Continental's got the check. Meow, meow, meow,
0: meow, meow, I'm finished. Hey, just a uh, quick editor's note before this episode goes away. Maloko, Miami, died. We won.